Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Templeton Elliott, and I'm joined, as always, by Mike Munsnyder and Jason from Frozen and Carbonite. This week, we're talking about skate travel and Stussy's How Original. The almost 13-minute long video is a perfect lunch break or pre-skate watch. With Jared Sherbert behind the lens and a heavy squad in front, it's a great watch. Jason, what'd you think? I pretty much forgot like the first two-thirds of the video because Cyrus's part was so <laughs> was so devastating. I mean, this is probably his best part. Uh, I kind of watched his part in the 917 video before this, and the skating was pretty equal, but the song in the 917 part was just... I don't know. It was kind of weird. Sometimes I think people choose like weird songs on purpose just to be weird. But yeah, the song, it's like this old leeway song. It, I don't know, dude, the way it just kicks in with like the riff and like, you know what I mean? It's like real powerful, like straight ahead and shit totally goes with his skating. So yeah, it was pretty psyched on that. Uh, but yo, know, is this Stussy like 3.0? Is this the third Stussy foray into the skate market or what? Because they had like the late 80s. Right? Oh, yeah. And then they had like in the late '90s with like uh, like Scott Johnston and shit and the Huff Richie game. Mulder. Yeah, yeah, Richard Mulder. So it's, it's either the third or fourth foray into the skate market for Stussy. Yeah, it's weird how they like come in and out. Like I guess they've always they've been around the whole time, or like they've been in business this whole time, but just kind of dip their toes in skating every once in a while. And that like I don't know how I feel about that. Like. I mean, cool that people are getting paid, hopefully, paid well, but I don't know. It feels uh, yeah, non-endemic, I guess. I think I don't have much of a problem with it because each time, I guess I wasn't thinking about like a late 80s dip into the market, but when it was, yeah, Richie Mulder, Scott Johnson, I guess I can't remember anybody else who was on it at that time. Chime in, you guys, if, if, if someone comes to mind, but like it never seemed unnatural you know, some some brands will shift gears, drop in, and you're like, oh, this is doomed to failure. But yeah, Stussy's always been in and out. And I think was I think Lance was on back in the last iteration, or at least I thought he was. Yeah, so like probably. for him, yeah, for him to be back in, like this video seemed natural. I don't know. Yeah, it's weird because Stussy does feel like a you know skate brand. But then, like, the fact that they disappear from skating every once in a while just is, like, kind of strange. I don't know. I don't even, like, I don't even kind of think of them like a skate brand. I think them, even though, uh, according to their origin story, the dude Sean Stussy was a surfer or a skater or whatever, like, I always kind of associate him with just, like, the beginnings of streetwear, like, mm-hmm. around, the, around the time where, like, uh, like Gangstar, Hard to Earn came out, like, Stussy hats were, like, the shit and all that stuff. Those it's are definitely definitely thinking about like must have been 19 yeah 1993 i'd moved to minnesota but i was back in arizona where i'd lived prior and so it's like what offspring keep them separated <laughs> and it might not have been a stussy shirt but i had like a cream white tee with the eight ball on the back and it was like high Stussy type shit with that. And oh yeah, they had the yeah the whole Stussy eight ball shit going on. I mean, it's just kind of like I think it's fair to say iconic between that aesthetic and then like the Stussy S that you start out by drawing like your three vertical lines together. I don't know. I think like like there's definitely something enduring about it that's hard to nail down, and maybe it's just a little bit of like hot nostalgia from our formative years, but um, 
I mean, I can say even before they put out this newest video, uh, I've like I run out of T-shirts every five years for whatever reason. Like I get over all my shit. So I've definitely and maybe this is just how washed I am. Like on on the iPad, my father-in-law gave me for Christmas one year. I've, you know, I'll have the Stussy side open on it for months on end, just looking at shit. It's all it's all kind of pricey. But like I'm kind of like I like this stuff. Could I rock it? I don't know. And so I just stare at the website. I don't know. There's inherent there's inherent attraction to the brand. So I, I, I think something plays well about it. And the skating was good in the video. Yeah, the skating was great. None of the clothes really uh, spoke to me. So Stussy, if you're listening, you can just send that box straight to Mike. <laughs> I, I, uh, I have some Stussy shit, I think. I have this like blue and black camo button down. And shit, which is pretty dope. So I yeah, I guess they they've been doing they've been doing their thing for a while. But uh but yeah, my one question is why does the footage in this video look all like old fashioned or whatever? I was wondering the same thing and uh somebody on Twitter, I think it was Skateboard with uh, zero, um mentioned Ohio. Oh, he's from Ohio. If I remember right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, all good. Yeah, so Skateboard said that it was filmed with an HVX which you can switch into standard def mode and I guess film onto a DV tape. So it's like... Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. I mean, this is some complicated shit. (laughs) But at the same time, not that complicated. You know, you just flip a switch and then, like, you turn your HD cam into a SD cam. But I I thought it was effective. Yeah, it looked looked cool. It looked like one of the old uh, Powell videos. I guess that's what made Cyrus's part like uh, so sick. Like a the whatever video magic they did, like made it look like an old Pella video. B the song sounded like a lot of those old like Chuck Tree songs that were in like Powell Eight and shit. So yeah, that was pretty dope. But like, what medium do you film like a HVX onto like regularly? Like a like a just a chip or something or? Yeah, I think it's a P two card. Which is basically like a hard drive or like SD card or whatever, just like straight digital. So you know you don't have to digitize your tapes or anything. You just you know transfer files. I uh, I see. Which if you've ever had to like log tapes, like why would you ever <laughs> decide to log tapes when you could just like transfer files from the card to your computer? Like, yeah, logging yeah. tapes fucking sucks. Yeah, I I agree. Having logged. Lots of DV tapes in the past. Um, I see no reason to go back. I, for one, having seen, I think, Skateboard talk about, like, what what is this format? And even with the explanation from you, Templeton, I honestly, I guess in, like, you know, 1.5 viewings, didn't think it was that out of the ordinary. I thought it looked super rad, the video quality. But, um, yeah, so there's that. I agree on Cyrus. And I think it's like what that like loud guitar throwback, just kind of like yeah, forward oh, movement yeah. of music is so good. And there were a couple other tracks in there that that got that. Like I think Templeton, you wrote down in the in in your notes here that like there's something kind of not modern about Stussy that also like played through in the video. And um, you know, I hate to always pull the nostalgia card, but there was something nice about that. Then again. Cyrus, uh, yeah, he's incredible. Um, reminds me of like Gino, but almost like a 
like a yeah right version of Gino, but turned up a couple notches. Does that make sense to any of you guys? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Is yeah right where Gino did that back three down the double set? Yeah, skated to the Guns N' Roses. It's so easy. A lot of yeah. like sort of janky manuals, but I don't know. It was like a sketchier Gino, but it was a, in my opinion, a better Gino, or at least a different Gino, because I'm I'm still tied to Trilogy. Right. Fun fact: I filmed one of those tricks. Ooh, which one? Uh, the back tail on the out ledge where he like lands in a crack and slams. Oh. Is is that ledge doable without landing in the sandbox? I think it... so, yeah. Okay. Yeah, like if you did like like for me it's front side. If you did like a Smith grind on it, you would like come out like you could pop out <clears throat> out enough that you could just ride down the sidewalk. Okay. Didn't Ave also like switch backside nose grind that and get broke on the crack? Not on the crack, on like the edge of that sidewalk. Uh, I don't remember, but I think, yeah, you might be right. I'll have to track that down and put it up in the show notes. Ben's propeller or minefield? Thanks for narrowing it down. <laughs> it was either propeller, minefield, uh, DC video, or photosynthesis, I think. Oh, 411 uh, Wheels of Fortune, maybe. <laughs> okay. Dr. Octagon track. Going to be watching a lot of Ave this weekend, which is great. What else stood out in the video to you guys? Uh, to me, Jesse Alba stood out. I was I was wondering if this was Jesse Alba's best appearance in a video. He's always, to me, seemed like somebody who's like doesn't bother to skate up to his potential. <laughs> you know, he's always just like a little late. I don't want to say lazy, but just like uh, nonchalant, not really like caring that much. I mean, I'm I'm sure he cares plenty, and like. His ender in this, the backside nose blunt out of a wall ride. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, that was crazy. That was amazing. Like, super good. Just like random Gustav Tonison trick from, yeah, a guy who I think that's kind of like endemic to Frog, where all those dudes are kind of, I don't know the best, like like you, Templeton, I don't know the best way to put it because, like, you don't, you don't want to diss them, but it's like you guys are slow rolling this or like, Right, like they could Keeping put out Medic Body tomorrow. Like they've <laughs> got the skill to do that. <laughs> and they're just like, nah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's almost like like when he skates in New York, like he skates worse on purpose because that's what you're supposed to do or that's the vibe or whatever, you know. Just do some roll-on grinds or whatever. But like all the footage in here from Europe or whatever was pretty dope. So that's pretty funny. Yeah, so he was a big standout. And then always good to see Lance... Yeah, uh, kind of like makes me kind of appreciate pool skating. You know, it's like those are pretty basic tricks, but like they just look they look good and they look gnarly in a in a backyard pool. Yeah, he did that. Uh, what you call it? Grind over the death box and then over mm-hmm. the steps. Even I, like the biggest ledge person ever, like can tell that's fucking gnarly. Yeah, you guys ever skated a pool? Like, yeah, a backyard pool. Yeah, the shitty Minnesota one. I don't know if it counted. What, what about you, Jason? Uh, yeah, there's the Lost Bowl here in Richmond, which is a backyard pool, which is pretty famous. But it's steep. I got I got broke off. Damn. But um, what should we call it? Yeah, I guess it counts as a pool because it's a functional pool in the summertime. Yeah, they use it as a pool in the summer, but it's purpose built for skating. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. That's right. That it is purpose built for skating, but also swam in. Yeah, I mean, 
Richmond in the summer. Listen, You'd much rather have a full swimming pool in your backyard. <laughs> you have a pool in the summer in your backyard. It's like a magnet for all types of shenanigans. So definitely a good thing to have. Yeah. Out here. What about you, Templeton? Have we gotten in a pool? I've skated at least two, maybe three actual real like backyard pools, which I like kind of consider street. Um <laughs> Uh, just because it's like not built for skateboarding um, mm-hmm. and it's fucking hard you know like I carved around the light cool like accomplishment achieved <laughs> like never scratched the coping never dropped in certainly never got any air or anything like that but you know much respect to people out there draining pools and skating them well I think uh, I, I just looked it up I think it's worth noting that Lance Mountain is 55 years old He'll turn 56 in June, so I, I, I think it's safe to say he filmed that short part as a 55-year-old. And yeah, I'm thinking of, like, backside air, backside lean. Can you do a backside lean? This is where it gets really uh, really technical on, on your uh, airs and whatnot. And then I don't know what the, what the hand plant is, but, like, backside, front hand, backhand grab, like, really quick. It's... Um, I don't know. I, I, I like breaking down that stuff into just like what it all is, because sometimes I think we, we miss it as street skaters. We miss it. But yeah, Lance is um, Lance is kind of inspirational being. Oh, yeah. Effectively, like two decades older than me. And yeah, it's rad. Yeah. And Lance gets down on the street. You know, he had some some footage in a recent clip with Donovan Piscopo like a couple weeks ago from Nike. It was just like, you know, a little slappy nose slide on the curb, but still rad to see Street Lance. Street Lance. On that. Um, quick, quick aside, when I was like first watching skate videos and Lance was the host of 411 Video Magazine, there's no like actual context for who he is if you're like 13 and you get 41110 and he's just the host of this magazine. So I think <laughs> when it was like 41112 and he was skating Mike V's mini ramp, I was like, oh, sick, this dude skates. <laughs> what That's amazing. You, oh, you, you didn't know from the uh the bones brigade no my my first video because i i really started actually you know actually skating in 1995 first video was for one one ten, and so it was like you know just no other information and all of a sudden okay this dude oh this dude kind of rips okay crooked grind fakie mike v's ramp sick <laughs> that's amazing my first video was search for animal chin which I rented from the brother of one of my sister's friends for like 75 cents. And this was in like the late 80s. Like from a video store or just like? No, just he had it. I think it uh, was actually a, a dub of the Search for Animal Chin. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he made me pony up three quarters for the, for the privilege of watching this video, which was money well spent. Oh, yeah. No doubt. I don't think anything like that happens or has happened since like 2002. Yeah, probably not. Like renting videos or just dubbing videos onto a tape, period. Just like shit that you'll actually remember, you know, uh, doing the math 35 years later <laughs> or whatever. I mean, probably the closest thing to that would be like, oh, my big sister's boyfriend like sent me a YouTube playlist of like, <laughs> all these six gay videos. Yeah. Like, me and my homie Neil, we bought 
a uh, a local video by Root Skateboards or Root Rutabaga Stick Skate Shop. There we it bought is it again. Off. Yep. <clears throat> we we bought it at the at the indoor skate park from a guy who would later become like one of our good friends, but it was a $10 video. We bought it for $5 each and then we like divvied it up by day of the week. Like, okay, I get it Tuesday, Wednesday, I'll give it back oh, to you wow. Friday. <laughs> And then you get it for the weekend, and then on Monday at school, I get it back. You know, that type of thing. That's amazing. Um, I think we should mention Diego Todd, who... Who's he ride for? I believe he's on hockey, hockey right? That's right. Uh, oh, yeah. I did uh, kind of notice his shit in the first half of the video, so he's pretty rad. Yeah, good opener. He's, like, kind of full package, like, just interesting skater. Cool look, glasses... Diego Todd, interesting name. Not trying to be so zero sum because he's obviously a rad skater and probably a very interesting human, but like just on aesthetics alone, pretty damn cool. Yeah, I feel like the glasses are are great for branding. You know, there's so many videos now where they don't put titles in. Hey, but you always know Diego Todd because he's the guy with the glasses. No, yeah, totally. I was like, wait a minute, that's that guy from uh, that hockey video. With the glasses, so yeah, it worked worked for me, I guess. Was that I, what Burnquist was trying to do with those like clear goggles? I got to imagine the clear goggles were purely practical as like a way to handle uh, like the wind in his face when he's like at such high speeds down the mega ramp. Fair. Um, I think most of Burnquist's kit choices in the later part of his career have been like uh, practical over aesthetics. Now I'm just thinking of that like whatever that meme photo of bob is or his mustache is like hanging over his lip it's pretty dope shit i don't think i've seen that i think check village psychic link. village psychic ig like it'll pop up out there every couple of months all right i'll track it down and put it in the show notes so <laughs> feast their eyes on this not to be like a you know not that we have to be completists about the video if there's one reason that i wish there were titles like be on that opening title shot Charlie Van Lent, Aaron Lorith. I think Aaron Lorith is the tall frontside shove it transition wall shove it trickery guy on 917, but um, I think that's all I have to say. Because I, I, yeah, I wish I knew more about those dudes and their skating, but kind of got lost in the mix. Yeah, well, Aaron Lorith seems like. I don't know, like for some reason, I think of him as like some kind of a hermit who never leaves his like sleepy California town and just like happens to rip and then just like pops up every once in a while. But I'd, I think I'd be like weirded out if I saw footage of him like out skating in Europe or something. Was he one of those dudes that was skating that like terrible park with the two vert walls? Very much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that's his home park. Yeah, because he's both 917 videos. He's had stuff there. And like all sorts of just obscure, rad, like, yeah, vertical wall. So it's like he blurs the lines between body burial and shove it. Yeah, and I could see that if if his tricks became trendy, that like most people who did them would do them really poorly and they would look really bad. But he's got a way with them that it looks really oh, good. It's- it's some expert shit that he's got going on, no doubt. Yeah, I have to go peep it. So he does like a wall ride to like crazy, like big spin body burial type of shit. 
it's a lot of stuff that is counterintuitive, like where the body movement is minimized and the board movement is minimized. But he he, he really basically he just pulls it off really well. Huh. Where it's hard to yeah, tell sure. what he did. Right. Like I can't name any of his tricks. Yeah. Or any of his wall ride tricks. I mean, you know, he did a switch flip over um, fire hydrant. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I really understand that. But yeah, some of that other stuff is yeah. I'll have to go call. peep those uh those nine one seven vids. I guess those those videos don't have titles either. So I'm giving myself some homework here. But fuck it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need those tech bros to uh, <laughs> develop the Steez ID. Ah, Steez ID. You think you think Steez ID could get technically advanced enough to just ID like a Mike Carroll clip, but it's just like a pixelated hand? <laughs> I think the Steez ID would take into account all of those things. Okay, because your hand movements are part of your unique uh, Steez ID. You know, if you've got the guns or the claw or a fist, whatever. <laughs> the cape, like the after after school modeling, like the count. Pulling the cape over his face. <laughs> oh, like over the front? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's all in there. It's all in the algorithm. Dracula. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that code. Uh, one thing I don't want to forget to mention, Cyrus Bennett, I think it's that Parisian, I think it's in Paris, the big weird brick like bank volcano spot, Alien, and just like drifty kickflip to fakey. Yeah, that was uh, tough. yeah. He, he's 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 a dude who actually I'm trying to think of others real quick, but he understands the uh, the practicality of some simple skating done really well. Like I like that kickflip fakie. What I think he ran like a kickflip over a skate park hip, but it was incredible. Oh, so yeah. of course he put it in the video. Yeah, it was like totally uh, like boned out. Yeah, I think he's contractually obligated to have a boned out kickflip in every one of his <laughs> video parts. Like, is it? I don't. I guess I know the answer to the question that I'm answering. Asking at least my answer to the question, but like, is it contrived? Uh, hard to say. I mean, like, isn't all skating like a little bit contrived? Like Jeez, wanting to we, push things farther and like yeah. do it good, or like, oh, that was sloppy. Like, you know, it's hard to say. I don't know. It, it doesn't feel too contrived like it doesn't come across as contrived nah, I, I don't think it's contrived it's like his yeah. signature uh his signature move it's just like i'm trying to blast a kickflip over this thing and in doing so i fucking magic carpet when i when i catch it you know i mean damn if i could like flick and catch a kickflip with my back foot like that i'd fucking do it all day <laughs> find right. a nice I mean, game to call home yeah yeah, the practice of skateboarding is like, how can I do this trick and make it look cool? So like, it, you know, all tricks are contrived. So I'll like give Cyrus a pass as like, you know, he's just like, I'm going to push this kickflip farther and farther. Yeah. Make it look cooler and cooler. I, I think maybe like in the back of my mind, there was I saw a Twitter conversation that I didn't jump into. Skate Twitter, Convo, talking about like Kenny Reed ollies, like the boned out thing. And I think it was mostly kind of dismissive of those, but I feel like, I don't know, it's a part of just like doing tricks to make them look different. And maybe we're, maybe we're all on the same page when it comes to those. I like a boned out Ollie. Like if you can make it and bone it out, 
I think that's rad. I remember seeing a photo of Bam ollieing a bump to bar all boned out and thinking like, man, that looks pretty rad. Like I didn't think Bam was like a boned out ollie kind of guy. And then I saw the footage, which was clearly not the same as the photo where he ollied it and he made it, you know, like respect, but it wasn't boned out like in the photo. Hmm. So he'd clearly like done the tweak for the photo. And I guess that maybe is a little contrived. Nah, if you can do ollies like that, it's sick. It's like totally like uh, surf style or whatever. Yeah, I agree. It's just, it's add something to it. Why not? Yeah, I mean, skateboarding is performative and, you know, making it look good is part of the performance. I was trying to think of a transition. I was too. Is it street theater, Templeton? (laughs) No, that's too lame. (laughs) Man, uh, yeah, speaking of street theater. (laughs) Uh, I think we blew it on the transition, but we'll we'll get there. Uh, last week, Mike was absent from the podcast, but very present in the streets of Mexico City on a skate trip. Looks like you had a blast, Mike. Uh, I did. What can we all do to make sure we have a good time on our next skate trip? Ooh, that's the question. Um, well, I was, yeah, as you mentioned, I was in Mexico City last week. Trip came together quick. It was with a good buddy, longtime skate friend. I think we, yeah, we met in fourth grade and have kicked it since then. What's the most important thing for a fun skate trip? Probably, probably your crew, probably the destination, but probably most importantly, like just going out and actually doing it. That sounds a little too easy, a little too simplistic, but like I think I've been on skate trips where there was too much thinking and people. Too much thinking, too much dithering, and you don't actually get what you were getting out there for. That sounds like a, a filming mission type trip. Like, oh, we, I need to go to this spot and get this clip or whatever. And you know, Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah, I'm trying not to be too amorphous. It's just kind of like, go out and skate. Question, did you have a spot guide or did you just cruise around downtown or whatever? Thank you for, yeah, bringing me back to more specifics. For... um. Mexico City, it was literally like Google Map, what's a cool neighborhood, leave the hotel, skate towards it, walk towards it. We we took some Uber trips for the sake of like going to the crazy market or going right. to historical shit. But yeah, it was like, we'll skate there and see where it goes. And like if you see a if you see a plaza, like a lot of Mexico City plazas had some had something to skate in them. Yeah, yeah. You see that, you go towards it. One one thing that was really great about Mexico City was, I don't want to say it's really ad hoc, but, I mean, it's just continuous. It's so big and so uneven and, like, <laughs> not like a lot of uh, United States cities where everything's graded out. So there'd just be weird bumps, weird, weird everything. Yeah, so a lot of, a lot of interesting transitions slants etc on the sidewalk it's it's a really great skate city i, w- I would recommend it yeah yeah um, it's like uh there there's some pretty pretty high quality spot porn in uh the clips that you posted there like that one plaza with like the ledges and the uh, sand gap type things yeah that place looked pretty crazy and that one like super mellow like barcelona style like bank that was pretty crazy so yeah, y'all, y'all just found all that shit by yourselves? 
Literally, yeah. I, um, we we were just out like, which way should we go? We found plazas like that were definitely European style. That's one of the great things about Mexico City. It's like 500 years old at this point in terms of European settlement, and then like indigenous people lived there way before that. Um, but yeah, it's if you've been to Mexico before and ever skated there, I'd been to Mazatlan a couple of times on the Pacific coast and skated. It's got those elements, but then it's like these crazy European, I mean, it's got a European feel in a lot of ways, but it's got so many plazas. So it's this mix of like rugged street style. And then that, that one plaza that you checked like with ledges and, and little sand gaps, like the ground was smooth as can be. Just incredible. Um, I think I hit all the points you brought up. What, what's your, what's your guys's favorite destinations, or w- what makes for the best skate trip? I think it's all about the crew. Like, no matter what, if you're with good people that are fun, you know, like you can just skate some shitty parking lot and have a good time. So I think the crew is the most important thing in it for a good skate trip. Now, does it have to be quote unquote the homies, or can it be? Kind of a more like wild card crew. I think if stars align, you know, a wild card crew can be fun. I think it's harder, but um, it's possible. Yeah, uh, yeah, crew is important. I think like not too many people is important to like four, or f- four, maybe five mm-hmm. is about the limit because like then, then everyone starts arguing about like where to skate next, blah blah blah, and, and you end up getting stuck at like the meetup spot and fucking drinking beers or whatever, and you know how that goes. Yeah, when you get into like multiple vehicles, that's when it gets real difficult. Yeah. <clears throat> what are memorable trips? When was the first time you went out west, Templeton? Uh, first time out west, like just for skating, I went with some dudes from Charm City. I had a friend who rode for um, a board company that Charm City was doing, and I just like hopped on a trip with those guys, and that was out to San Diego. That was pretty fun. I don't remember a whole lot about it. Like I remember being in a like single hotel room with like ten or twelve dudes. Um, yeah, it, and that was one where like I was a pretty random person on the crew. Like I'd never met almost everybody there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, what about you, Jason? Oh, damn. Um, most memorable skate trip was probably, like, my friend Bruce or whatever. Like, we took took my parents Suburban, hmm. and we were trying to go to some, like, hardcore shows and shit, too. So, went up to Baltimore, skated around Baltimore, uh, stayed at, like, his friend's house or something. We went up to New Jersey for this hardcore show, slept in the Suburban, woke up, drove to Philly at, like, 7 in the morning, just, like... Uh, from Princeton to Philly, which is only like half an hour or something. So like slept in the suburban again, like somewhere in center city, Philly, then went to love park. This was in like 1996 or 97. So it was like peak love park era. So just on pure fucking like adrenaline or whatever. And yeah, skated love park all day. That was sick. Like Stevie was there. Well, later in the day, like Reese Forbes and Donnie Barley came by and like Ricky was there and shit. So, yeah, that was crazy. It was super sketchy, but it was a super memorable skate trip, for sure. Sick. Yeah, I went to Love probably about that time uh, a couple times. Always always rad to be at Love Park and just feel the energy and see like a couple pro skaters and shit like that. Have you ever been to Love, Mike? Never made it. 
Um, never been to Philadelphia. I'm trying to think like what the, uh, yeah, I think my, of that era, like I did a family trip to San Francisco in 1998. I was 16 at the time. And, uh, like my whole family and I went to Pier 7. So like aunts and uncles, mom, dad, little brother, <laughs> and, you know, we park at dusk at Pier 7 and there's actually nobody there, but, um, one of the one of the street side blocks that had the metal coping on it. I got a K grind on that. That might have been the only trick that I actually did, but nice. Um, yeah, yeah, I was able to hit the pier in '98, and I think I ended up back in San Francisco in like 2001. No, 2003, because I was like 20 by that point, and um, got to do like the full San Francisco tourist skater tourist thing. Saw Hubba before it was torn down. Hubba Hideout was legitimately big and impressive, even at even at that age. Like, right, you know, I yeah, I was old enough to know like that shit's big and just rugged. Did you guys ever see Hubba? No, never no. got out of SF, but that's what I heard from everyone that ever went there. Like, yo, it's it's not like a camera trick or whatever. Like, this, that shit is legitimately big. Yeah. It, I mean, I'm not the biggest person, but it was like elbow high, maybe. You know, if that's if that's a upgrade over waist high, that was legitimately big. And uh, yeah, so yeah, San Francisco, good pilgrimage. I guess I'm more, I'm a little bit more West Coast oriented. Saw some of like the Alien Workshop, Rob Deerdick schools, troubleshooters, troubleshooters schools in San Diego too. Like when I was 18, flew out with some buddies. Yeah, all those places are just, just kind of like blend together. I feel like the LA schoolyards have a lot more personality. I will say that, yeah, the San Diego schools, if Hubba Hideout was like, damn, this is actually big, this is impressive, it's long and it's high, it's this weird combination of traits. The uh, San Diego schools that I did visit were incredibly perfect. The ledge may be like standard height, but I, yeah, I mean, just really nice shit to skate yeah and those picnic tables wow it's those things are so fun for east coasters or people who've grown up with uh, only full-size picnic tables to skate they feel weird though like if you try like grinding them or whatever like it's hard to get used to like the uh the fiberglass yeah fiberglass plasticky type of grind or whatever i don't know i, I took to it pretty quick when i lived in la <laughs> i was well, yeah, very had, down for it had, had no choice right when you when you lived in LA, was that before they buried the uh, the pit? Ooh. No, the pit was fully uh, filled in, and there was like the Venice, like the the kind of like skate spot skate park, not the big one with the bowl and stuff. But oh the yeah, ones, like the little terrible rounded quarter pipe and like a little curved ledge and manual uh, pad. The uh, Chris yeah, Roberts switch one eighty nose wheelie one eighty to switch wheelie park. That's the yeah, one, right? The yeah, Chris right. Roberts spot pretty much that that weird ass manual just leapt to mind mm-hmm. so please excuse me you're excused <laughs> one skate trip i went on that was like surprisingly good was a skate trip from portland to boise boise Ooh. idaho um city has great street spots really good skate parks in boise and then like some of the surrounding suburbs so if you ever you know are looking for a skate destination that's you know maybe a little uncommon consider boise 
Yo, who was that kid that was like a prodigy or whatever? He was on Flip or Girl or something, like Eric Fletcher. Yeah. Remember, was oh, yeah. he from out was he from out there or something? I kinda He was Iowa he was City. SoCal, oh, Iowa City. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Iowa City. And actually, now that you bring that up, Iowa City was one of my favorite skate trips. Like um went there two thousand five. I'd never been. I was visiting Sam McGuire, who was going to college there, and um drove down myself like somehow one of the first times i'd driven like five or six hours by myself from minneapolis to iowa city smoked a bunch of cigarettes on the way it was great and um they had a nice concrete park there and then um you know it's like a you know a legitimately big midwestern big 10 college town so between skate park fun street skating weird little spots and like bar scene down there when i was 23 by that point yeah iowa city great little skate destination that that goes with the um skate shop day shout out i gave to the full kit that was that same trip yeah good times nice iowa city eh who'd have thunk it yeah (laughs) wasn't there for the writer's workshop but man it, it makes me think like the east coast is so good for road trips because I feel like the towns are spaced out nicely, you know? Like, when I lived in Norfolk, you know, it was three hours to Washington, D.C., three hours to, like, the Raleigh-Durham area. Um, Then, like, I think it was, like, five or seven hours to New York, and, like, you know, a handful of hours to Philly, and, you know, stuff in between. I I feel like maybe the Midwest is, like, a little bit more spread out. Is that right, Mike? Oh, it's it's crazy when it comes to um, yeah. I can count myself as both both a Midwesterner and a Westerner because like born in Montana, grew up in Arizona, and like yeah, like a five or six hour drive to get like almost somewhere is more normal. I mean, it's eight hours from here to Chicago, and that's with pretty good traffic. Once you hit Chicagoland, yeah, like three hour three-hour drives for anywhere that's like another major metropolitan i mean if you're headed west it's like what is the next one if you're headed west from minneapolis it's like denver's the next biggest city and that's 15 hours chicago's eight and with milwaukee's five and it's like milwaukee's great it's not quite chicago so yeah i always trip out on three hours this way great city three hours that way great city yeah, and even like when we would go to DC, we would drive through Richmond. That's like an hour and a half from Norfolk, and Richmond's also a great skate city. So we'd, you know, sometimes stop by Richmond after skating DC for the weekend or something like that. Yeah, the old uh, SunTrust benches, SunTrust report. Yeah, I feel like security was always super tight when we would go to SunTrust. We would. Oh yeah, yeah. Always. What's the What's the one with the brown uh, marble down the street from SunTrust? Oh. Um... Bank of America. Yeah, we would always skate Bank of America. Yeah, that's fully. I think it. I think it's fully skate stop now. Someone, someone might have taken some of them off like a couple of years ago. But yeah, I think I think that place is like fully skate stop now. Bummer. Yeah, we would just go to Richmond and skate that. What What's that main street that like all the spots are on? It's called Main Street. There you go. Yeah, just cruise <laughs> down Main Street and hit up all the spots, and then we would head home. It was so tight. Do you guys have any uh, road trip, skate trip horror stories? I've got one that's, you know, kind of works it worked itself out. But um, when I was in high school, 
we, me and my friends went to Richmond from Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and that was like a five-hour drive, and my friends knew some people there. We went to see Voodoo Glow Skulls, uh, if you right. remember that band, and on the way back, um, my friend's car broke down, so we had to like call somebody to come pick us up, and for that trip, I told my parents that I was spending the night at my friend's house, so <laughs> you know, cross state lines without uh, parental consistent consent. So sorry, mom and dad. <laughs> How about you? Any, yeah. Any mishaps from you guys? Uh, not really. No, fortunately. First trip to New York, 2003. Maybe I'm getting my math wrong. I, I, I just turned 21. It was like I was 21 that year. Uh, we went out, burnt our legs out at Flushing Meadows the first day because it's like you get in that fountain and it's just the smoothest thing and you start skating the the great, you break yourself off basically. We managed to do like three, four more days and we were staying at our buddy's aunt's apartment on the Upper West Side, Broadway and 103rd maybe. It was It was fantastic. Last night of the trip, we needed a hotel, so we ended up like maybe Midtown, East Side. Not a bad hotel, not a good hotel, and um, we got was, there. What, was was it like the Was it like the hotel in the movie Big that he stays at with like Ooh. the fold out bed? I'm drawing I'm drawing a, br- a blank on that, but I I can say like we had two rooms. One room had a TV as an option. The other room had a fan and there were bunk beds but it wasn't like gross does that answer does that answer the question no it it had individual rooms and it also had via a fire escape on the on the top floor access to the roof which had like a skatable flat bank on the top sick so i me being i don't know like a vanguard or something on this trip i went up I went up to the roof and I was like, oh shit, there's a bank up here. And for for some reason, you know, I well, obvious reasons probably, I ran downstairs, told my friends that there's a bank on the roof. And immediately I think I had like regret that I let them know because everyone was like, <laughs> oh, we're going to go skate it. And no shit, I am not lying. I was like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that because I don't know, we, we'd had a good trip. Yeah, we'd had a good trip until that point. So I wasn't really into skating. I don't know. It, it struck me as wrong. It was like six floors, all walk up. All my friends were like, we're going to go skate this bank. And I um, I was like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm going to go to the bodega, get a beer. I'll, I'll meet you guys back. Go do that. Sure as shit. I come upstairs, all those stairs, and I like walk to one of our rooms. And I look in. I like kind of just peek in. The door's open. And there's two cops talking to all my friends. And they're, like, sitting on the bed, on the bunk bed. And um, they went upstairs. Uh, they they skated it. They skated the roof. They skated the bank that, you know, I, I guess I didn't say. But the bank is at the edge of the roof. And the top of the bank goes over the roof. Um, bringing up Sam McGuire once more. He got the kickflip fakie on the bank. And then an un- unnamed fellow traveler who, frankly... Should have known better about trying a 360 flip fakie on the bank, which is a trick that you inherently throw upwards. He uh, three flipped his board right off the roof of that building, and like the uh, the story is that it narrowly avoided hitting like a three year old when it came down to earth via gravity. So everybody was getting chewed out by the cops. 
I looked in, saw that, dipped out for a while longer and came back and all my friends were pretty bummed for good reason. And then we like, you know, went out, did our last night. This was our last night in New York City. Did our last night. Everybody was bummed the whole night. I was pretty chipper because I was smarter <laughs> than them. And that's the, that's the story, I guess. But damn, that's pretty crazy. Also, I'm I'm kind of surprised that you uh, skipped out on a bank session. I feel like you're an expert bank uh, skater, Mike. Yeah, I mean, I, I probably should have gone for a nolly heel up there, but I don't know. Something's <laughs> I, like I shit you not. It was just like not doing it. I don't know. No, I get I get sketched out about that shit too. Like anything with heights or whatever. I just get sketched out thinking about it. Like the uh like the water like the water tower gap, like it, just thinking about it just gives me anxiety and shit. So Yeah, I'm with you there. The thing about the roofs is like you can put somebody in danger in just like such a gnarly way that like, you know, you don't even know right. if there's like a three year old walking down six flights below, whereas like you know, if you shoot your board out or something, you kind of have a pretty good idea of, like, the people that's around. But, yeah, skating rooftops is pretty gnarly. That said, the rooftop section from uh, Tinju, God of Mischief, is really good. So, not yeah. all roof skating is bad. Yeah. Shout out, Colin. Yeah, shout out, Colin. Well, for sure. Any of the ingredients of a good uh, good road trip? That was, a, that was kind of a long storytelling time. Yeah, I think good crew, you got to have money, you know? Like, it sucks yeah. going on a road trip and being fucking broke. Is is that, like, us all being incredibly adults, like, you know, midlife? Or or, or does that, does that like, can we transport ourselves back to being 20? And does that still ring true? You know what? I, I, I honestly don't know. I'm going to take my statement back because I remember going on a road trip uh to i think it was skate for light or skate for mike um some at some like roller rink in new jersey and having like no money and eating at uh like the roy rogers at the turnpike and i would just get a biscuit and then go to like the fixins bar and like hook up my biscuit to make it like this huge veggie sandwich so fucking you don't need that much money but you need some money Somebody's got to have money to pay for gas and shit like that. But. Yeah, I mean, you, you just need money for gas and beer, and like you don't even really need to eat. Like if, when you're like 22, 23, like you know, you just need like some noodles or whatever, then you're good. Like now, like if I skate for two hours, I'm like, fuck, I'm fucking hungry. I gotta go eat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as I'm an adult, the thing about a skate trip is like, how do you keep skating for multiple days in a row? The, when I went to Boise, by the third day, I was like useless. I was like, I, we just got to go. Like, <laughs> this park is amazing. I'm, I can't I'm do done. anything here. Yeah, I'll say from my, my latest experience in Mexico City, we would go walk around first. We'd like walk for, God, five hours and then like Uber back to our hotel. And I was like, all right, let's push out. Normally have lunch. Somehow it worked. Yeah. Last day we went in skate. We're nerds. We checked how many steps we got the last day. By the time uh, we'd done like 40,000 steps on that last day, we walked, excuse me, woke up the next day and it wasn't even like neither of us were sore. So I think it's a it's a lot of just going and doing it at a at a later stage in life. Break on yeah. through. Well, don't you get 10,000 steps a day? Isn't that your your goal, Mike? I've uh, I've dialed it back with a new job. But yeah, I, I try to get that. Yeah. 
Yeah, so you're like well well conditioned, you know, like I I get well like I'll get like 900 steps in a day. Damn. Like I'm like so sedentary, it's fucking sad. But the weather's getting nicer, so I'm going to start riding my bike to work and then I'll be in better skate shape. Yeah, 1600 steps today. Does me saying wow very very quietly, man. I don't know how, yeah. I'm, how many steps is in a mile cuz like I usually just run 3 miles like 3 times a week or whatever. Damn envious of that uh for me i think it's all like cadence and step length yeah, but yeah. um 2500 steps is about a mile for me that's cool well you know what uh reese forbes always said like uh before you before you start your day just run four miles like always run four miles before you do anything damn seems like you got to go to bed pretty early to run four miles before yeah. you do anything else the rest of the day I would Any? be pretty stoked to have that kind of uh, oh. time. <laughs> Did you have more to add to that, Mike? I was just going to say, anytime I run like half a mile, I finish and then it feels like I rolled my ankle, even though I hadn't. <laughs> yeah, running is like, I don't know, in my experience, very hard on my body. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when you so long distance running, it was like I was, I got injured way more and way worse like distance running than I ever did skating. Like, my IT band's getting blown out by, like, uh, plantar fasciitis, like, all that type of shit. It was fucked up. Shit. Fuck that. Well, you were not stoked on any of that. Wasn't stoked. After, yeah, I, I quit after I ran a marathon. I was like, fuck this shit. What? I'm done. <laughs> okay. Quick story time, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> you ran a marathon. Yeah, I ran a marathon. Uh, my ex-girlfriend that uh, Templeton met the first time we met in real life. She was super into running. She kind of got me into running. So, kind uh, of, dude. <laughs> so I uh, would have started off with like a 10-miler. Then you do a couple half marathons. And I had to train like a whole winter for the marathon. So I ran a marathon. Sick. It's impressive. It's crazy. crazy. I'd be stoked impressive. if I could run a marathon. But I'm actually stoked that I don't have to run a marathon. Uh, Mike, what are you stoked on this week? I am stoked on Mexico City steak Beastec tacos because in Mexico City we found at like every street corner, street side, street etc., street adjacent taco spot was that when you order steak tacos they just like take a piece of thinly sliced beef, fry it up, lots of oil on it, flip it, and then they take a big big tortilla like almost probably a foot in radius or half a foot radius would be more accurate. They take that tortilla, they slap the big piece of beef on it, and that's it. They don't cut it up like in the States. Some onion, cilantro, you put the salsa on it, and it's like probably the strongest argument that a taco is actually a sandwich when you do the steak that way. All the tacos we got were delicious unless they like put two pieces of beef on the taco. Then it was almost too much, and we got a little bit uh, scared to eat it, but... um. Yeah, I'm stoked on Mexico City style beef tacos. What are you stoked on this week, Jason? Uh, well, I'm gonna have to make some of those tacos the next taco night here at the Rosen and Carbonite uh, compound. But stoked on a couple of things. Definitely stoked on uh, Mike's edit for Mexico City Ooh. Th- that he posted on Instagram. Uh, Thank really you. Just, really for good. Sure, spot. A must watch. Yeah, for all yeah, mostly yeah, skateboarding sure. fans. Yeah, really good. Some really good spot porn in there. Like uh, very relatable, you know, plaza skating. Also some like weird bank to ledge spot skating. So 
Yeah. Maybe uh, Mexico City sounds like a pretty dope destination at some point. Also stoked on the new Versace plug video mm-hmm. to promote his brand. I think it's a brand, Flytech. It's not just him. It's some of his homies or whatever. This guy is obviously playing four-dimensional chess because it seems it seems like he gave Thrasher like his, his like eh, it's like okay footage. Like there is this one really long that one really long backside tail side and that Thrasher part or whatever. But this part is like a level up kind of like he does all this sick like ledge ledge trickery at that one spot in Berlin. And yeah, it's, it's pretty much like a more well-rounded kind of like more powerful part. So. That that seems to be the move. Like, get a Thrasher part, then save the good shit for your part that promotes your own um, brand. So, shout out that guy. That's pretty psyched on that part. Yeah, I felt like that part was Versace plug being more Versace plug. Yeah, you know, like the sure. part was more like traditional, and then like the Flytech part was you know more pure Versace plug. Yeah, yeah. I'm nodding, nodding approval. <laughs> nice. <laughs> very good at podcasting at this late date <laughs> what are you stoked on templeton uh i'm stoked that uh my wife has a two-page spread in the latest playboy hey she's she's not modeling uh she's a collage artist and she was approached by playboy to uh illustrate uh an article that they did so that came out she just got it in the mail today and oh, yeah pretty sick to see my wife's work um in playboy you know it's always cool to see shit in print and then like in like a huge magazine like playboy is like super rad so stoked on that really proud of my wife um and you can check out her art on instagram at kellett works that's k-e-l-l-e-t-t-e works and i'll link to that in the show notes obviously no shit is this is this the new like super rad is this a new Playboy 2.0, like, without nudity, or do they still have nudity? Or just, like, softcore nudity? It, it was all softcore, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I flipped through it, and it was pretty tame. Um, yeah, the the print edition is, like, quarterly now. And, yeah, it seemed pretty tame compared to, like, my dad's Playboys that I looked at in the 80s. <laughs> so uh, so I, just, but, I just followed Kellett Works. Your wife is doing okay. 33.2K followers. Holy shit. That's rad. Yeah, she's legit. You know, she just, she just had a, um, you know, spread in Playboy. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the mosaic of work. Now I see, I, I, I see your inspiration for your collage work. Yes. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like majorly influenced by her with uh, my collages. I get her leftovers as far as like magazines and stuff. We have a good time making collages on the weekends. Extremely stoked on Kellett work. So Sick. get out there, people. Damn. Yeah, check it. That's it for our show this week. Be sure to check out mostlyskateboarding.net for links to the things we talked about and other show notes. As always, you can keep up with us all week online. Jason, where can the people find you? Uh, on the Twitter at Carbonite1994, uh, on the Instagram at Frozen and Carbonite, and uh, writing stuff for quartersnext.com. Nice. Mike, where can the people find you? I am on both Twitter and Instagram at M Munzenrider. What about you, Templeton? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mostly Skate, 
and on Instagram at Mostly Skateboarding. Thanks for listening. See you guys next week. Later.